All you reality TV lovers, we've got an extra special episode of The Girls Uninterrupted with our very own Aisha Scott from the latest season of Below Deck Mediterranean, all thanks to Hey You, the best of reality TV. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. South Africa are back-to-back Rugby World Cup champions. You know what they say. It's the hope that kills you. But at the same time, I was never not going into that final hopeful. What an emotional Sunday morning that was for us all. Did I lose my voice? I hear you ask. All I'll say is that that 80 minutes of rugby gave me plenty to be passionate about. There's so much to unpack today, so let's get cracking. Kia ora, this is Newsable, I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. Jeff Wilson is here for one last time to round out this Rugby World Cup journey, and we're chatting to a South African rugby reporter on just how much that win means to his country. We've got all that and plenty more coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Heart-wrenching is how Ian Foster described it, and heart-wrenching it was. The All Blacks and New Zealand have to settle for silver this time round, with South Africa going back-to-back back and winning the 2023 Rugby World Cup final. Here are a few thoughts from a few fans after the match. Oh, it was pretty heartbreaking. I mean, it was a tough game. It was um, pretty brutal on both sides. Felt like it was a bit over-refereed. Um, a lot of, lot of stop-start. Yeah, I think um, the All Blacks played the better rugby on the day, and um, you know we had opportunities to win the game. And it just goes to show that the South Africans play boring rugby, and that's not good for world rugby in general. Portugal played way more entertaining rugby than the South Africans, and you know that's what the fans want to see. We weren't great. We were first half was bad, second half was better, but they were awesome. Their defence, Stephen Detroit was he deserved man of the match. He had a mind. Best game, like yeah. So so they deserved to win. They were better, but the ref had too much influence. There is plenty to be talked about after those 80 minutes on the pitch. And we know that those conversations will continue in the days, weeks, months, I'm going to say years ahead. But for now, and for one last time, former All Black and Sky commentator Jeff Wilson is with us. And of course, Jeff played in the last World Cup defeat at the hands of South Africa in 1995. We caught up with him just before he left Stade de France. Jeff, after such a huge match, how do you regroup? It's not easy. Uh, I won't lie to you. It's probably going to be a little bit bubbly and a little bit brown. I'll probably have one <laughs> or two of those to try and regroup. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't, literally, it's, it's been draining. Yeah. It's been difficult. Um, it's definitely been wet. Um, look, it's not easy to bounce back from something like that, particularly as a former All Black, particularly from someone who's been there in 1995 mm. where you felt as though you had the best team. And I certainly believe I think the best, uh, the All Blacks, was the better team of these two teams today but that's not sometimes they don't win those games and so that's probably one of the even hardest parts is that when you know you believe you've got the team to do it um, and you're watching the side give everything they can and then there are moments that go against them when they show remarkable courage to get themselves in a position you're right it's hard work it is hard work to get yourself back I suppose to get your equilibrium back Mm. and go okay you know how do you look at this 
uh, put an analytical eye over it. There's things the All Blacks could have done better. There's things the Springboks could have done better. There's things the referees, I'm sure, will look at and go, they could have done better. The crowd will go away from this game and go, did we see a great game of rugby? We saw great drama. Mm. And is that what sport's supposed to be? Uh, Jeff, there was talk, and you you mentioned it before the match, uh, of New Zealand's creativity and flair against the physical power of defending champion South Africa. Do you think in that 80 minutes that the ABs got a chance to show that flair? Yeah, we did. I mean, look, we scored a try. Mm. Remembering no one scored a try against the Springboks in the World Cup final. We got uh, one disallowed. There were a number of times we, sh- we were threatening. Their defence was just up to the task in terms of the ability to scramble, and that's what makes them a world-class side, a quality team. I mean, their athleticism, uh, particularly their loose forwards, their backs defended really well, their speed on the outside. So there's no doubt we tried to play in difficult conditions. But we knew that was probably our best chance to put them under pressure and score points. Now, it just wasn't meant to be. It's safe to say there will be scrutiny of TMO and the refing and what happened in that 80 minutes. But what what does history show us about world rugby and world rugby listening to that scrutiny and to that outrage in terms of making changes? <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> I'll laugh because, you know, what we saw last year when the Black Ferns won a Rugby World Cup final, um, England got reduced to 14 men for a huge chunk of that game as well. And so when you start looking and, and talking about those sorts of things in the game, World Rugby have to decide in terms of the contest and how the competition is and, and exactly how the physicality of it is in regards to the impacts. The fine lines are so very, very small. And so... If you don't quite get it right, what impact it has on the game? And so if you're talking about mitigating factors and technique and, you know, um, incidental plays, what impact that has on the ultimate product, you know? And the, the fact of the matter is, is that defence is winning the game right now, mm. you know, at the highest level. So, you know, I suppose it's just a lot of things for them to digest, but it comes down to whether or not World Rugby decide what they want the game to look like. This is their decision. There'll be scrutiny and whether they're listening or not. History tells us not too much. You've been in France. I've lost track of how long it's been. Are you coming home? Are you just now, bonjour, I live in Paris now? Yeah, we're here away on Monday. I can't wait to get home. I've loved Paris. The tournament's been fantastic. Lyon was great. Oh, gosh. Um, Bordeaux was awesome. Uh, look, it's been a great team to be a part of. Um, you know, I think um, All Black Rugby has put itself back on the map. And, and for me, um, it's been great. For All Black and Sky commentator Jeff Wilson, <laughs> one last time, what a Rugby World Cup it's been and thank you for coming along uh, on the ride with us. My absolute pleasure. Now, another former AB joining us to catch up is Kevin Mialamu. He was at the game along with a whole bunch of All Blacks mega fans on a special allblackstours.com trip. Kevin, thank you for taking the time to have a yarn. How are you feeling? Firstly, full credit. Obviously, well done to the Springboks. On doing back-to-back rugby world cups, and you know it was really hard, really hard one for us as well. When you when you plan to play a test match with fourteen players, um, I thought our boys dug really deep, but it was always going to be a hard ask against South Africa. You're with all of these super big rugby All Blacks fans. Did you have a commiseration speech prepped? I didn't actually. I was. I felt confident going into the game. I thought the. Uh, yeah. I thought our guys actually, as the tournament went on, they got better and better. But um, it was a hard one to take. But uh, you know, the, the talk on the on the bus with all our supporters, they all proud of the of the guys' efforts. They, for fourteen men, they hung tough right to the end. And uh, you know, and in the end, there was one point in it. What was the atmosphere like 
as that whistle blew at 80 minutes and it started to sink in that that was it? Oh, yeah, I know a lot of people all got it. You know, we, we all, all got it for the, for the team especially. But at um, the end of the day, uh, all we can ask for from our boys is to give 100, 100% and we saw about 120. So proud of the efforts. Kevin Mialamu, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. And I hope that the emotions aren't too low over there on that wonderful tour that you're on. Oh, thank you. And, um, you know, really proud of our guys. It appeared that a vehicle may have gone over the 80-metre cliff into the set. There have been no bodies found despite considerable debris being washed ashore. Nine years ago, a man named John Beckenridge abducted his stepson, Mike Zhao Beckenridge. Soon afterwards... They vanished. Now, a new investigation is trying to find out what happened to them. This is The Lost Boy. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're chatting to a South African rugby editor next about what their team's win means for the country. But if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on your favourite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. And it also helps other people find us too. One man who was probably definitely furiously writing notes throughout that 80 minutes was Scott Robertson. Razor, of course, takes over the All Blacks head coaching reins this week. Stuff Sports reporter Rob Van Royen is with us now to talk the future of the All Blacks management. Kia ora, Rob. Let's start with Fozzie. Ian Foster, not the end he would have wished for, not the end any of us wished for, uh, was just getting the team to the final enough to be seen as a good or great All Blacks coach. I definitely wouldn't say you're going in as a great. I mean, reality is he finishes with 32 wins from 46 games at 70%, and that's bottom of the pole outside of a few blokes who only coached a handful of games. So, no, but it's got to be said, he deserves a lot of credit for turning this team around a little over a year ago since he was almost sacked. We all know he was one loss away from losing his job last year. And look, the All Blacks were a different beast in recent weeks in comparison to what we saw for much of his tenure. Um, but it was a it wasn't a flash tenure as a whole. Um, there were a bunch of lows, in, including that home series defeat to Ireland last year. So I don't think many would classify him as a great. Robertson was apparently banned from getting near the team during the matches. You know him well as the Crusaders coach. So what do you reckon his plans might be when he takes over in just a couple of days? Yeah, I mean, I guess the date in a couple of days, the November 1, is more of a, just a date in terms of the contract when it flicks over. There's not initially going to be a heck of a lot for him to do. Um, outside of, he still does have to finalise his medical team. And a bit of that back managerial roles in the background. I mean, this is essentially it's a full clean out. There's only a couple sticking around. We already know as assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, when the first tests um, that he coaches isn't until July against England. Um, obviously, Super Rugby starts in February, but until before then, it's a real you know it sort of does shut down now rugby in New Zealand. Goodness, July! I didn't realise it was that far away. Uh, right now, of course, I imagine this will be quite a tricky transition for the All Blacks after this loss and their new coach coming in. Um, do you reckon the team will need to rebuild confidence? It's definitely a big transition in terms of I mean, it's a new coach seeing stuff, but also a lot of big name players are gone. There's a lot of experience leaving. You know, Sam Wallet, Bowden, Barrett, Brody, Retallick, Dane Coles. Richie Mwanga um, is the big one. I also think of who's leaving. You know, he's one Razor was desperate to have stick around as general with the Crusaders all these years. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's going to be the big one. Who some of those just filling in those voids? Will New Zealand rugby be thinking we did the right thing 
uh, here, a pointing razor before the final was even played, before the Rugby World Cup even started. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to know what they'd be thinking in the lead up to this week, mm. no doubt about it. And, and, and Razor himself, you know, I thought the decision was right at the time, and I think they'll still stand by it. Um, the reality is, even if the All Blacks won the World Cup, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right to stick with the same old setup for another four years. I mean, as I said, it was a very rocky tenure for Foster. There were a lot of lows in there, a lot of firsts, unwanted firsts, unwanted history. Um, there was a sacking of a couple of assistants as well along the way. Um, and, the, and the relationship with Foster and New Zealand rugby did, uh, broke down, um, essentially. So, um, look, you've got to keep evolving. This freshens things up. It comes at the same time as a lot of players are departing. So it's going to be a new era, um, a new dawn, I guess. It's going to be an exciting time to see this new era play out for sure. Staff sports reporter Rob Van Royen, thank you so much. No problem. We're going to play a bit of a game this week. And if you want to know what that game is, I would highly suggest following us on Instagram because that's where I'm going to explain what we're playing in an Instagram story. And if I can pull this off, we will continue to play. I am aware. This sounds very mysterious, but once you see that video, it will become clear why I'm speaking in semi-riddles. Head to our Instagram page. Our handle is newsablenz. We will give credit. We're credit as due, of course. South Africa put up the performance they needed to to secure that World Cup final win. And it's a win that means so much to their country. This is how Springboks captain Sia Khaleesi described the impact it would have in his post-match interviews. It's not just about the game on the field, you know, our country goes through such a lot and we are that bearing hope that they have, you know, and yeah, we, we're just grateful that we can be here and I just want to tell the people of South Africa, thank you so much, Ch- children from a third world country, you know, who just fight and fight over and over, you know, for people that need hope and this team just shows what diversity can do for our team, you know, for, for our country as well. As soon as we work together, all is possible. Here to talk to us a bit more about that is Jan de Kernen, the editor of Rugby 365 South Africa. He's been covering this World Cup. He was at the match in Paris and he's with us now. Jan, welcome to Newsable. How are you feeling? Over the moon. Uh, I happen to be reporting on the 95 World Cup final, believe it or not. I'm giving my age away, but yes, I was there. I report on that one. I report on this one. It's 28 years and it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. You can't describe it to somebody if they haven't been there. You can't describe the stadium. You can't describe Alice Park in 95. You can't describe the start of France at the, tonight. Uh, it's absolutely over the moon. It was pretty close as well, that score. Were you worried at any stage? I used up all my hot tablets. I, I have to travel home without any hot tablets. <laughs> and what do you think South Africa did to secure that win? What what was it in your mind? I think it's just guts, absolutely guts. They, they're playing for a higher cause. I think, see, I keep speaking about it. If you're not a South African, you won't understand it. The country goes through, you know, in 95 when Francois Pina said, oh, we're playing for 40 million people. It's now 62 million. People don't understand. They just see it's a number. Uh, it, they really are playing for a bigger cause. They're playing for people who don't know where the next meal comes from, just to give them some happiness for, for a short while. You know, so for the next week or so, everybody is happy. Uh, we forget about the problems. We forget about the, the, the issues, internal issues. And I think that's, CIA has been trying to get that message across. And you, you play in uh, Paris, we, we experienced for the last two months, a first world uh, country where things work and uh, the systems work. And back home, they don't always work. We have our problems, 
But uh, for the next week or so, we've got something to celebrate and they will celebrate very hard. It's sort of safe to say that win was very important for the country. Yes, uh, when you see the, the abject poverty that still exists in our country. And then when you, you've got an absolute great ambassador, absolute great person like Sia, Mm. Uh, that can stand up there and lift their Webb Ellis Trophy. He gives hope to people. He gives hope to those little youngsters in the township uh, who goes to school without shoes, but uh, knows that Sia, who also went to school without shoes, is now captain of the Springboks and can lift the Webb Ellis Trophy, can win something as important as a World Cup. And that's what it's all about. It's about giving hope to the people who don't really have hope. And they can keep on dreaming that one day maybe they will be up there. And, and some of them will come through. And that's that's why now, when you go back to 95, uh, there was only one person of color in the team. Now, the majority of the team is players of color. There are youngsters who whose dreams have come true, and that's the, the hope that you give to a country. It's, it's absolute, absolute pure guts that took them through uh, against a team that is probably as good, or if not better, than South Africa. They just wanted it more. Jander Koenen, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure and thank you for having me. Let's end on one last final thought from an All Blacks fan. That's just the name of the game, you know. Sometimes it goes against you, sometimes it goes with you. And, hey, hey rugby was, was, was the winner. That's it. Finn complete. Rugby World Cup 2023 over and out. Can you believe the All Blacks don't play a test now until July next year? It seems so far away, but to be fair, we all need a break. Uh, that is Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells, and I'm off for a lemon and honey, I think. I definitely need 12. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. This week on The Girls Uninterrupted. I'm not having a go. I'm just saying. No, you saying can. You can. But I would never put them on my face. <laughs> it is a crop just phone. To, it's 100% yeah. a crop just phone. And you are the biggest against Crocs. I actually okay. really like it. I just think that you need to now say Crocs are cool. No, I don't. No, no. <laughs> it's giving hypocrisy. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. The Girls Uninterrupted is proudly brought to you by our mates at Unichem and Life Pharmacy.